The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Miss Emily. We appreciate you. It's a Wednesday, and you're back on your local radio station, as well as on any podcast site you're on. I honestly think we're on all of them, but if you've got one and we're not, let me know, okay? Just email me, Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com. That's Mac, M-A-C, at theviewfromapew.com. We're talking about forgiveness this week, and my co-host, Pastor Delmar Austin, has, you did a really good job on this because this is ringing true for me. And now we want to talk a little bit about Jacob and what he did in forgiveness or lack of. We want to do that uh, in context of what we said last time. We t- we talked about how forgiveness restores relationships. That's right. one of the last things we said. That is uh, one of the things that just uh, weighs us down when we have problems between people. Uh, we, we, ha- we carry that around with us, and it makes it so difficult to live a positive life. And even as Christians, we fall into that trap sometimes. So we're, we're talking about one of the stories of the Bible, an early story between Jacob and his father-in-law, Laban, where they get into a, a complete disagreement. They can't live together any longer. At least that's the conclusion of Jacob. And uh, it's really quite an amazing story. What, what has happened is that Jacob left his parents and his brother because of what he had done to deceive his father. He left, and then he went to live with family, which was Uncle Laban. And as he is with uh, Laban and working for Laban, he ends up marrying Laban's two daughters. He wants to marry Rachel. I know this is a complicated story. He wants to marry Rachel, and Laban gives him Leah instead. And it's a surprise when he finds out who he is actually married. And then he says, listen, I didn't want Leah. I wanted Rachel. And uh, Laban says, well, you keep Leah, and I'll give you Rachel too. And so eventually they work it out, and he's got two wives now. This complicates his life, really. Oh, yeah. But he's been working for his uncle Laban, and his his uncle has been doing him wrong, not only with the marriage situation, but as far as wages. Laban has always tried to take advantage of him. God has intervened in the situation. Okay, this is the background of the story. Finally, Jacob says, enough is enough. We're leaving. I'm packing up everything. I'm packing up the family. By this time, there's grandchildren, oh, wow. and I am packing up all the the goods and all the animals that I have, and I am taking off, and I'm going back down to back to the land of Israel again. And so he takes off without even informing Laban. Laban and uh, and his his servants are out there, and they're working uh, several days away, and they find out they have a message. But Jacob has left, and he's taken all these family members, and, and they're gone. And Laban is incensed. 
how could you do this to yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. So he gathers his workers together, and they form a kind of a mini army, and they go after Jacob. And he finally catches up with Jacob because because Jacob can't travel very fast with with wives and, and children. And he is when he finally confronts him face to face, he's hot. <laughs> he is really angry. And this is what from Genesis chapter thirty-one. This is what Laban says to Jacob. What have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with a sword? Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs with timbrel and harp. Probably he wouldn't have done that, but but anyway, that's his argument. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. And now notice this next verse. He says, it is in my power to do you harm. I could have done this. I could have come after you. I could have killed you, Jacob, and I could have taken my family members back. I mean, Laban is really upset. So what does Jacob say in reply? Verse 36, then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban, and Jacob answered and said to Laban, what is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? He's saying, I had every right to leave you. And then he goes down and he he talks about all this, why it is that he had the right, because Laban had treated him wrong ever since he arrived in the very first point. My point in this story is both of them had wronged each other. Okay, both of yeah. them had had a part in the problem that existed between them. And it's a good thing they didn't kill each other because they were hot enough to do that. Well, and, and let me just add, in our lives, this comes up. It, it takes two to tango. It, it does. Maybe the other person's 90% at fault or 75% at fault, or maybe you think 100%. Well, they're not. You've got to take responsibility for what you've done and ask for forgiveness for that also. As a pastor with many years of marital counseling, it's never just one-sided. It never is. In relationships, there's always two sides. Anyway, in in, uh, verse 42, Laban responds now to Jacob's anger. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. These children are my children. This flock is my flock. All that you see is mine. Don't you realize? I I gave birth to these daughters. These grandchildren are the result of of, uh, being born to my daughters. He goes on, But what can I do this day to these my daughters or to their children whom they have born? Now therefore come... Let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So, so Laban is the one that, if you, if you want to put it this way, he's the one that gives in. He is the one that comes to his senses and says, wait a minute, we are all family. We are all one. I cannot do anything against them. We're going to make a covenant. And what they do is they make an agreement that they are not going to be hostile towards each other. Laban's going to let Jacob go. Laban's going to be good with that, and they're, but they're not going to fight anymore. They're not, going to, they're not going to go after each other to hurt each other. 
They're going to work things out. This is what God wants between people. This is the kind of forgiveness that's modeled even here in the early times in the book of Genesis. This is a beautiful picture, I believe, of of a forgiveness that takes place. And it takes place because Laban comes to the conclusion, listen, we're all family. We can work this out. What that shows you is that God values every human being. Because why? We are all family. We were all created in the image of God. We should value every human being. When we won't forgive people, it's because we write off people. We say, okay, that person is, is no good. That, pe- that person is worthless. And I don't want anything ever to do with that person again. And God says, that's not the way that it should be. In your heart and in your spirit, you should find a way to build, to try to build a relationship again by forgiving that person. And, and one of the things that God teaches us through Scripture and through his parables is that if you don't forgive them, they're not aware that they may need to forgive you. That's right. I know that's kind of weird. I, I actually had that happen once. I, I asked a, a person to forgive me, and uh, uh, they said, well... Uh, we do, and uh, I said, and I forgive you. And he said, what did I do? And it started the fight again. Because they, in, in forgiveness, you have to forget about what this person's done. It can't be a barb that you throw back at them all the time because that's not forgiveness. That brings us back to, to a question that comes up a lot of times, that question, what do you do if someone does not want your forgiveness? What you do is forgive anyway. Yeah. You forgive and you let it go. Yep. And you treat that person the way you would treat anyone. And if they don't want your connect if they don't want to be connected with you, that's their decision. If they don't want to accept your forgiveness, that's their problem. It's not yours. What you do is to forgive in your heart and you treat them with God's love the same way you treat anyone else around you. So what's the, co- uh, the consequence for someone who does not want your forgiveness? I don't care what you say. I'll never forgive you. I don't want your forgiveness. Well, they're the ones that are holding on to this stuff in their mind. They're the ones that are carrying this weight around. You don't need to do that. And it's not according to the ways of love that God has shown us. You let go of those feelings of anger and hatred and revenge. You let go of that and you forgive the person who treated you wrongly. When you're counseling people and things like that, do you think it's easier to forgive strangers or your personal friends? I think for the most part, it is easier to forgive uh, strangers than it is your, your friends because you expect that your friends are going to be on your side, that they are going to be supportive of you in every situation. And if some if somebody who you're close to does something to you that hurts you inside, it's, it's really hard to be able to forgive 
but and and this is part of the story here in in Genesis between Jacob and Laban. Here's somebody that should be supportive of each other. Their their father-in-law and uh, and husband of the, of uh, uh, or son-in-law, and so you know th- this hurts when there are differences that seem to be unresolvable. Yeah, I used to tell the the father uh, of or mother of uh, someone whose child married into my family that um, we're in love with the same girl or we're in love with the same boy. And uh, it's got to be looked at that way. But when, when someone refuses to forgive, that's not good, whether they're a stranger or a personal friend, because that, that, that forgiveness that you have for them and you hope they have for you it becomes the devil's game. And it goes back to sin again because we don't have a deep enough consciousness of our own sin and recognize the need of God to forgive us. Well, as we continue this week on The View from a Pew, we'll continue to talk about forgiveness. Hosea and Gomer next. You'll love this story. I'm Mac McCoy, and thanks for our uh, Our sponsors, DivineTruthChristian.com. Anything you need, call them now. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.